0: have a new message. Hey Ian, and Danny. Um, give us a call if you can meet up and I'd love to hear your mix of the song and stuff like that. Okay, bye.
1: Listening to Track by Track with
0: me,
2: Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down track by track.
1: And all I want to do is talk about this brilliant pop album because on the turntable this week, we've got Girl by Danny. Uh, just Danny. Just Danny. Just Danny for this campaign.
2: Uh, Danny, this was. Danny is. I'm jumping in straight away. I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. Danny was huge when she came back, huge comeback. With girl and this whole era, and I mentioned we were recording this episode to, episode to a few people uh, who like they know their onions. They like their pop music, mm. and the first thing I said when I mentioned Danny and Girl was Blond Danny,
1: Blonde Danny. Blonde, yeah, yes. remember? Yeah, she's she, had a, she's had some incredible looks, especially during the X Factor years. But Blond Danny was a great. For look. This
2: one, she'd been down Tony and guys, mm. and had the full works done. Well. Remains to be seen. Yeah, Not uh, our, none of our business. But, <laughs> but um, as you can tell, we're very excited to be talking about Danny again on track by track. Uh We love her.
1: We love Danny. We've made no secret of that. Dan, mm-hmm. Kylie or Danny? Oh, no, both 50%, um, fifty percent. Fifty. Just testing. Just testing. Yeah, couldn't choose. It'd be like choosing. It's like asking their parents to choose. You just can't, can you? And also. Very different artists as well. I can't imagine. I can't imagine Danny singing. Can't get it out of my head. I can't imagine Kylie singing. All I want to do. Uh, Neighbours or Home and Away. Neighbours, R.I.P. is mm, gone now. Yeah. Or Home and Away. Well, back in the day, I'd watch both. Uh, what did you think of the last episode of Neighbours? Oh, I thought they ended it wonderfully. Yeah. Tears. Can you be a bit more specific? Well, I mean, great to see Kylie and Jason, of course. Charlene and Scott. And some other familiar faces as well. Yeah, like who? Well, I don't want to <laughs> actually. Some people, it's only just gone out, so some people might not have seen it. So I don't want to uh, <laughs> drop any spoilers. You're like a slippery eel, aren't you? I'm a, like <laughs> a politician. Uh, slithering through my fingers. Oh. Slithering through my fingers all the time. Abba. <laughs> uh, we are excited today. We aren't are so we? excited. Well, but we have to uh, do our official announcement before we get stuck into the episode proper, don't we? Yes. Go on. So, after consultation with the National Podcasters
2: Association.
1: Now, yeah, we're recording. We haven't seen the final episode of Neighbours because we are recording during the heat wave. The the big one. heat wave. And the advice from the National Pop Podcasters Association is to not record. If you can help it, don't record.
2: Uh, And only record if it's absolutely necessary. Well,
1: it's bloody Danny Minogue girl, so of course we're still going to record. Of course we're still going to record. But, but if you can hear a little bit of ambience a little bit of background noise the doors and windows are open because it's sweltering isn't it
2: Yeah and we're recording together and we're in
1: the middle of bloody London so it's very warm and we're sat here in our smalls Yeah and we we, we have actually we are filming this one for the first time cuz we just thought let's see how it goes and we might share something on our uh, only fans uh, And Dan insisted that I get the oil of, olive oil out Oil of olive oil. <laughs>
2: oil of olive oil. Uh, there was baby oil in the cupboard in the bathroom, mm. but you were like, no.
1: No, that's, that's for... That's not for you. It's another thing. Also, if you're a patron and you listen to the disco episode, sorry for repeating some of those not very good jokes. <laughs> oh, they weren't jokes.
2: So it's been a while since we've talked about Danny on Trap by Trap, because obviously we've done Love and Kisses. Yes. We've done... Neon Knights, Yes. And that's it so far. So uh, even though I had to be reminded the other day that we had done Neon Knights, N- <laughs> it was so long ago now. Not
1: the first time you said, oh, we really need to do this album. And I've had to say, well, we've done that album.
2: Maybe we could start revisiting some of the albums we talked about back in the early days. Now we're a little bit more.
1: He's his shimmering, his, <laughs> shimmering his shoulders. shimmering his shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: just an idea there. So, Danny Minogue, huge Australian star, singer, actress, TV presenter, soon to be seen presenting a gay dating show Mm. on BBC Three, which I'm really looking forward to seeing. It'll be trashy as hell, because it will be. It will be. Uh, Because it's a gay dating show.
1: What what more could you want?
2: Also, is any dating show not trashy? Oh, Naked Attraction. Oh
1: it's class it's a very classy very educational con- affair that one.
2: Mm-hmm. I've learnt a lot about the female form. Mm. Uh, and I know you're very interested to continue to learn about the male form. Well it's an ongoing education. Mm. Yeah. Quite eye opening sometimes. Anyway, we're drifting off the point again. Too excited today. Danny Mano huge star obviously remember her TV
1: work X Factor. Yeah. A home and away. Every time I mention Danny and X Factor, I just have to to say it every time, but if they ever bring it back, they have to bring Danny back. She was such a good judge. Isn't it coming back on Channel 5? Oh, I've not heard that one. I've heard Pop Idol's coming back. What's the point in bringing any of them back? Just give it a rest.
2: Uh, And Danny has had a long musical career, uh, still going strong uh, when she's not on QVC, still going strong, uh, and we were treated to an updated version
1: most recent or quite
2: semi recently f- of All I Want to Do.
1: Yeah, that was 2020, wasn't it? For Pride Month. Mm. Uh, reworked by Ian Masterson, who I'm sure we're going to mention his name once or twice today. But a great
0: reworking of last night.
2: why are we talking about
1: Girl today? We are talking about Girl today because believe it or not Will, the lead single All I Wanna Do turns 25 this week.
2: Oh I just shuddered then because I remember when this, when All I Wanna Do came out because it was such a musical moment for me and I can't believe 25 of my years have since elapsed.
1: Yeah, 25 times around the Sun? sun the the earth goes around the sun yeah yeah around the sun exhausted
2: uh, a girl the album was the third release from danny and was released in september 1997
1: the year i or oh, the year and the month i went to secondary school
2: ah it was uh, i was in the middle of college sixth form sixth sixth form, sixth form college this was a big comeback for danny but also a move into a much more kind of pop dance space uh and some doing some much more original work because uh, i think you know some of the stuff on love and kisses like jump to the beat was very much aping some of uh what was popular across the pond in the states at the time this felt or, or and still does when you um kind of line up amongst her back catalog very fresh and very fun very bright very bold
1: yeah, I I also remember the singles coming out and I knew Danny's work before this. Of course, I knew this is it. I think that was her probably her biggest hit to date from the previous album. But this definitely felt like not just a step forward, but 10 steps forward. It just felt like she'd arrived bigger and better than before and was like a bona fide huge pop star with this campaign. And, and, and because, again, as we'll come to talk to, the songs are so good. So Should we put the record on? Should we get into it? Put the needle on it Side one Track one It is that lead single All I Want To Do
2: We didn't shatter any of the windows, hitting those
1: all-I-want-to-do high notes when we were singing along just then. I think one of them, of the whole song, one of them we maybe just got, just under. (laughs) Uh,
2: So this, I mean, this was the comeback song. This was the big first single to be released. And I remember I'd been out of the country for a couple of weeks. Uh, Where'd where'd you been? uh, My own business. Uh, And I came back and everybody uh well not everybody but a lot of people uh were talking about danny minogue and this song and it was i remember watching top of the pops and it was the first time i heard the song and saw danny with the blonde hair because i had been out of the country so i'd missed the lead up to it yeah. and it was in, it was in the top 10 and she was there on top of the pops and it just felt like a moment yeah. and the song was huge it would be played it was on the radio you'd it would be played down the youth centre, no. clubbing back at then. Seventeen, yeah, so clubbing back then. Uh,
1: at seventeen, yeah, well,
2: so yeah, it was a huge pop moment and a big, significant comeback, and it felt like Danny had grown up as well because it was more, you know, she was. I definitely remember being her being her being a lot sexier and a lot more upfront with it, for this for for when she came back. And with this album.
1: Yeah. And I guess the, the title of the album, Girl, maybe she was embracing herself, embracing her.
2: Embracing her sexuality.
1: Embracing her sexuality, yeah. embracing herself as a woman. And it is, you know, the the photos, as you, and I'm sure you're to talk about the artwork, it is very sexy. She'd also done um, Australian Playboy ahead of this coming out. But also what I wanted to talk about was it's four years between this and getting Into You. So she had grown up. She had changed. She had become a different artist. She'd changed record label as well. So it definitely was a comeback. I hate it when people use the term comeback when it's literally just a year later in the next album cycle. This was a comeback and a phenomenal comeback. And just that winning combination of the incredible new look and the music was just a complete winner.
2: So yeah, about the music... quite aggressive then, Uh, because it's something very positive to talk about. She worked with a couple of particularly prominent names for the first time in music for this album.
1: Yeah, so this song was written and produced by Stuart McLennan, Matt Gray, Tim Powell and Brian Higgins, who we've mentioned a Once couple of twice, times, I think, yeah. haven't we? But if you don't know, this might be your first ever episode of Track by Track. You might have never heard the name Brian Higgins. He is, of course, one of the founders of Zenomania. And Will, was this the first Zenomania project or was this one of the first Zenomania projects?
2: It would have been one of the first. I think this, at the time, this was probably the biggest uh, project because it was a, a you know a new chapter for Danny and it wasn't just... Here's a song for Danny. Mm. it was they were working really closely together, writing um they're on the produce and they've done they did a number of tracks and remixed uh, a number of tracks as well, so it was a real investment and I think when you listen to the production on these tracks, fantastic you know I definitely think the singles still sound really fresh yeah. now. I probably set a very high benchmark but also got a lot of attention for what they could do as a production house
1: yeah because it was different like we said it's it's very much a pop song but also if you listen to the the beat it's almost like breakbeat and the very prominent electric guitar in this it's almost a little bit republica or maybe a little bit garbage but given a really shiny production and with danny's vocal making it really poppy as well
2: and this is like the hallmarks of Xenomania from the word go, isn't it? With the guitars, the kind of the, the the dance beats with the guitars, but also the playing around with unusual structures and yeah. sound compositions and not maybe, you know, Xenomania have done some very good classic, traditional style pop songs. And actually not just All I Want to Do, but with many of the songs uh, that were pro- produced by the people on here, they're very... You, they're fresh, air yeah, but they're very unique. People remember them, and even, and when you ask somebody, "Oh, what are your favorite Damon like, Young songs?" They will obviously they'll say things that put the needle on it, and I begin to wonder. But they'll always come back to all I want to do, disremembrance as well. Mm. They are, you know, there's a legacy there because they're very well written and produced, with Danny's vocals.
1: Now, this was a single. As we said, this was the lead single. This was released in August of 1997 and entered the charts and peaked at number four, which, you know, incredible hit for mm. Danny, especially after four years away. Elsewhere in the charts, you had new entries at number nine for Suede with Filmstar and at number two, Chumba Wumba, Tub Thumping.
2: I'm not, no, we're not going to sing it.
1: We nearly did. We Too looked at each other.
2: to aggressively jump up and down.
1: Two Chumba in this heat. And elsewhere in the charts, you had Meredith Brooks with Bitch. You had Freed from Desire by Gala. You had I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy and Faith Evans. But at number one for a second week was Will Smith with Men in Black.
2: My mother's got no money. Your mother's got no power.
1: My my man wasn't it? Oh, not your not your, not your mother. <laughs> no, that's what you think. <laughs> what a great week for the charts, though. Pop music and, was alive. Oh, uh,
2: and those songs: Gala, Meredith Brooks, uh, Chumbawamba, yeah. Danny. They were like that's what we were, everyone was listening to that's what the kids were in were listening to and and so and swayed in there as well such a broad church in the charts as well i think the charts were always at their best when it wasn't all just a few few variations on similar things it's when you've got a mix of guitar rock music indie music dance music pop music um and actually you know a lot of danny stuff often straddles different genres mm. like on this album here got to say, Dan, this uh, uh, it did the best in the UK, only got to number 11 in Australia, in the motherland.
1: What was wrong with them? No, sorry, not to, there's pretty few Australians listening, though. sorry about that, sorry about that.
2: First they cancel Neighbours, and then they only get Dan even over to number 11 in the singles charts, so what all I want to do. was
1: it wasn't in that order, and there was quite a big time delay between that, so I'm not sure you can really hold a grudge.
2: Well, you you know you me. You <laughs> hold a grudge, actually got to mention the remixes for this because it's a dream because you've got a uh, the you've got the extended version lovely yep. more of the same great you've got a trouser enthusiast as toys of desperation mix again wonderful name always good naming uh the re- their remixes 11 minutes
1: lovely mm. heaven
2: xenomania did a remix debop did a remix so yeah, you've got uh, a real cream of talent on the remix there as well. And, of course,
1: we had the 2020 version. And more remixes as well. And more remixes. From Trouser Enthusiasts again, and from Bright Light, Bright Light. Yeah. Big, we're big fans on day of recording, on this day of this heat heatwave. Uh, we've just seen Bright Light, Bright Light, haven't we, recently? Live in London, and what a show it was. Amazing show. He is you know, a real, is so passionate about pop music. So when you see him do something like remixing Danny's What I Want to Do, you genuinely feel a bit chuffed for him, don't you?
2: And you know he would have loved this album when it came out as well. Oh, for sure. And that's what I just, again, I feel really chuffed for him that he's gotten to, to do work for remixing for like Danny and uh Dubstar yeah. as well, spring, spring to recent mind, but also worked with... Some huge stars and people he loved, like Elton John, Animatronic, Jake Shears, his sisters, uh, and you know, and more. But it's not about him today.
1: This has been a paid promotion <laughs> by Bright Light, Bright Light.
2: Fun City is out now.
0: It's alright. It's okay.
2: <laughs> so yeah, uh, let's talk about the video. Let's talk about the video. Sexy video. Sexy video. Goldfish bowl as well. It's an iconic. I think when I think about Danny, this album, I always think about her on the phone, on her bed, uh, dipping, dappling her fingers into a goldfish bowl in a very suggestive manner. Mm. And that was definitely something that was, again, a conscious shift to make Danny a bit of a sex kitten, I think is a good way to say it. A sex kitten,
1: yeah. Because as well, not to continue to make the camp not to continue to make the comparison but if you do look at what Kylie was doing at the time this was Kylie's trademark indie wilderness years wasn't it
2: yeah and Danny's almost t- took one look at it and thought no nah, I'm not doing that
1: <laughs> yeah nah pop, pop yeah mate.
2: she's like what's the poppiest I can get yeah. and yeah she's she's done it and what I also love is she's This was a bit of a template then moving forward for her, the kind of pop dance sound. And I know she's gone a bit more, she went a bit more kind of housey, like Ibiza dance with some of her later stuff. But even when the kind of Neon Knights came by, there was still this set the benchmark for kind of what she would then go on to do.
1: Yeah. I have to say this before I forget, because it's in my head right now. Danny would be phenomenal at Mighty Hoopla. Who do you have to speak to to make that happen?
2: Uh, well, we just need to go onto the PR, don't we? And just start... Um, start the campaign. Start the campaign. Yeah.
1: If you think Danny would be great at Mighty Hoopla, tweet them. Mm. Danny, hashtag Danny for Hoopla. Mm, lovely. Right, well, I think we've, that's probably out of time now for the whole episode. I'm talking about all I want to do. Should we try and move on?
2: Let's try and move on. Actually, um, I mean, there's, there's so many good things here. So let's go next to a track two. Heaven.
1: So no heaven can wait. There, I'll go straight in, will, and let you know this was the same writing team as all I want to do, because I think that's quite shocking. Because it's a very different sound, isn't it?
2: It is, but it's got some of the same motifs, hasn't it? The kind of breakbeats in it, and I think when I talked about the, some some of the kind of well, sort of Ibiza house stuff that she went on to do later, particularly around the club disco era, this has got some of those kind of beach club vibes. To it as well, particularly with the brass in it. But this isn't my favourite version of this song.
1: There's another version of this song?
2: Uh, that, well, there's a seven inch version which was made um, for a potential release uh, and was included with coconut, and it was. They juiced it up a bit more. They, they amped up the production, some of the backing vocals as well, and it just sounds uh it just it's just turned the dial up a little bit, and I really like that. But then that isn't my favourite version of the song. What?
1: How I know versions of this album track, potential single, are there? You've got a twelve plus minute
2: trouser enthusiasts uh remix of this song. And to say it is uh epic is is probably an understatement. It's called the Trouser Enthusiast Cloud Nine Mix. And it starts off very heavenly, very ethereal, um, like sitting on a cloud in the middle of a tropical rainforest. And then a couple of minutes in, the beat kicks in and then you're off on a, a wild ride. And that's my favourite. Anyway, that's my favourite version of the track.
1: We got there.
2: So it's uh, lovely. We get a trouser Enthusiast 12 minute remix
1: on a song that wasn't even a single. And worth saying, of course, that the album was expanded a couple of years ago now. And there are many remixes of the singles, but also, as in this case, non-singles as well.
2: And actually, it is on the expanded version. It's track 19 on the expanded
1: version. This song reminds me of another Brian Higgins co-write that he did with a pop duo a few years later. Any ideas? Go on. I'll put you out your misery. Really makes me think of this is that summer vibe of this one. Oh, Banana Rama. Yeah. And you know the song yeah. Middle of Nowhere. Yes, drama.
2: I love that one. Mm. Can't wait to do that album. We've done it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the juxtaposition of this being the second track. Something a little bit more of a chilled vibe after um I aggra- those guitars particularly quite aggressive. Quite
1: urgent in mm. all I want to do. Yeah, like you said, the beat's the same, but the actual the rest of it much more sparse, much more laid back.
2: I could just imagine Danny with a sarong billowing in the wind with her sort of blonde hair slightly, slightly wet. Or one of those walking th- along th- the
1: beach grips on the side. Yeah, the side, and maybe yeah. a flower in her hair. Oh, yeah. We need to stop daydreaming about Danny, don't we? Daydreaming about Danny.
2: Oh, the, the Danny Minogue fan podcast.
1: Oh. Track three then so in love with yourself. in love with yourself there and once again the beats quite familiar with the previous two tracks but a new sound much trancier much clubbier it kind of fades in and out of how intense it is and just another incredible track
2: i know and i've forgotten how good this track was because whenever i listen to some kind of danny from from this era You know, I do go to All I Want to Do, Bit of Heaven Can Wait, uh, Everything I Wanted, etc., etc. And then I forget about this track because it's an album track. It's in there in the middle of the album, but it's so cool. If you played this to someone and didn't tell them who it
1: was, would they know it was Danny Minogue? I don't think they would. And a new writing team on this one. This is one of the Metro tracks. So you have got Mark Taylor, Paul Barry and Steve Torch co-writing this, again, names we have mentioned on the podcast many times, which makes it even more incredible that they are part of this project with Xenomania with Ian Masterson.
2: And just thinking about kind of the fact it's Metro, Zenomania, Ian Masterson on here, and his flexi fingers, mm. and what they've all gone on to do and who they've all gone on to work with since, and they were all involved in this Danny album from 1997.
1: Is it because of this album that they...
2: Well, I did say earlier, you know, a lot of this stuff was, you know, uh, uh, almost a good benchmark for what they could go on to do in the future. And I think Danny presented them with a wonderful
1: muse. Yes. And some familiar backing vocals on this one. You know who they're from, Will? No. Kylie Lovey. Is she really on backing vocals? Yeah. Oh, listeners, I wish you could see his face. It's lit up like a puppy.
2: I was going to mention actually about backing vocalists because that's wonderful but I did spot another name that I remember Diane Charlemagne is on backing vocals in this album and I don't even remember the Urban Cookie Collective Yes She was one of the Urban Cookie Collective Really? I've got the
0: key I've got the secret I've got the key
1: also on backing vocals, because he. No. Uh, Dan, BVs, we call it in the industry. Also on BVs, you've got Terry. Terry Ronald. Ronald, who of course would go on to write with Danny on the next. Would he? Would he? Yeah, who would go on to write with Danny on Neon Nights. Uh,
2: and I know he has. Uh, he uh, does listen. So, hi, Terry.
1: Hi, Terry. So, track four. Track four.
2: Am I dreaming? Am I dreaming Am I dreaming? No, we're here. We're recording really, in person. We're recording it's together. It, yes, uh, I'm delirious more than dreaming, actually. So four tracks in, and I'm probably ready for a change of pace quite soon. Okay. Because this is, I, I mean, it's a, it's a great track. I like it, but it's very similar to the previous track, and it also sounds a lot like everything I wanted as well.
1: Well, it probably sounds similar because it's another Metro production, But on this one, you also have Graham Stack as an additional writer. Graham Stack, another person we spoke about many times before. He also is the musical director for The X Factor. So I wonder if all those years later, they had a bit of a chat and a catch up backstage.
2: Oh, do you think there's a rivalry now between Graham and Ian? Because Ian's musical director for Strictly. Strictly. Yes, I didn't think about
1: that. Oh, Saturday Night Divas. Bye, Skills. You're uh, X Factor fan, aren't you? X Factor over Strictly? Well, neither, to be honest. I mean, it's not on anymore, is it? X Factor. But you must be
2: getting quite excited because the Strictly lineup news will start to drift in.
1: Yeah, no word of a lie. I I, have been having that conversation with Barbara. Who would you like to see this year? Oh, I would love to see Barbara Knox. (laughs) You were going to (laughs) say. Barbara Knox and Sam Fox for me would be absolute heaven. Knoxy and Foxy. Do you think she'll dance topless? Barbara? No! <laughs> we can hope. But this song, Am I Dreaming? That would be a dream to see that. Am I Dreaming? It is a great track, like you said. It is, it's similar to what came before. The beats are obviously prominent. Those break beats, again, just to overuse the phrase, are what are prominent throughout the tracks we've heard so far. But it is a wonderful song. It's quite trippy. It is a bit trippy. Quite dreamy, you could say.
2: Yeah, you could be on a beach in Thailand at a half-moon party. No, full moon. (laughs) Total eclipse. (laughs) Uh, uh, Just drifting in and out of consciousness with this song playing in the background.
1: Really trying to paint some pictures today. Okay, track number five. Did you say you wanted something a bit different? Yeah. Track number five. Everybody changes underwater. Changes underwater there. I'm going to say this really quickly because I'm, I'm bored of hearing myself say it, but I hadn't listened to this album. Not ahead of recording this episode. I'd heard it before that. But the first time I played the album in full was when we did the tweet along with Danny and with Tom Aspel during yes. the first lockdown. That was the first time I listened to the album. And I just couldn't believe it when the song came on. I was not expecting this at all. What a moment and what a brave track to put on this pop album and that tweet along will actually i can't believe we've left it to this point to mention it but we did some incredible tweet alongs during the first lockdown but that one really stands out because a we we planted it with tom but it was never confirmed if danny was going to join us and then from track one there she was sharing her photos from the tour and things like that but you also had ian masterson terry you had steve anderson you had Xenomania joined in as well. They, if I remember rightly, actually, they said
2: they said that all I want to do was their first big hit. Uh, and it was the record company took a huge punt on them, and they're very grateful for that because of what it then brought on for them. So um I say if I remember rightly, I just gone back through and <laughs> and and found the found the tweet. Uh so that was yeah, that was probably one of our best tweet alongs because of the number of different people Got, inv- that got involved that were part of that process and there's some and there's some real gold still to come from some of the big songs we haven't talked about yet
1: if you do want to relive it if you can still search hashtag tbt girl on twitter and see the tweets it, uh, yeah we have just had a, had a bit of a trip down memory lane haven't we
2: and it just feels like so long ago now mm. well, it was over two years ago 15th of may 2020 was when we did it god and it just feels like a different world because we we were all, all
1: of the people tweeting were at home. Yeah, all locked inside. That was, yeah, lockdown proper, wasn't it? But Will, the song. The song. Well, to quote
2: Tom Aspel, who else would put a seven-minute jungle-inflected spoken word track on their album?
1: It's just, like I said before, completely unexpected, but completely works in the flow of the album. Another tweet I saw from one of the fans was saying that back when they played the album when they were younger they didn't quite get this song and another track coming up but when they listen now they get it they get the or the track listing they get the placement of it and i just i really love it i just love that spoken introduction as well very ASMR
2: yes ASMR when did you first learn about ASMR
1: very recent like last
2: week yeah <laughs>
1: very recently so i do want to put out the claim there and i did see this on that i tweeted this during the tweet along i do think danny might have invented it
2: really mm.
1: paul mccartney claims to have invented the selfie i think danny minogue invented <laughs> asmr paul mccartney can just say anything and people would believe it yeah
2: he's really very he's got a real integrity about him sarcasm
1: no oh sorry <laughs> just, just the way i tell with it. you yeah A different team on this one as well. So this is the first track written with Ian Masterson and David Green and produced by FlexiFinger, a.k.a. Ian, with David? I'm not sure. But this one was also co-written by Danny. I think we're ready for a a big one, aren't we? We haven't had a single for a while. I think we're ready for a single. So here it is, track six. Everything I Wanted.
2: Second single, uh, and great that it's another really strong banger, but very different to all I want to do. And this isn't my favourite version of the song, really. It's all about the Xenomania remix of this one, which is just majestic.
1: the singles campaign, throughout the album campaign, you had Zenomania, you had Metro, you had Ian Masterson, and this was a Metro uh, co-write, this one, or this was written by the Metro team and, and originally produced by them, but then Zenomania, a remix in their track, and then also there's a Trouser Enthusiasts Gold and Delicious mix of this one as well.
2: So not, not only are, are three different big production writers and producers involved in the album, but a lot of the time, all three of them... I've had their hands on one uh, one single track like this one.
1: Yeah. Which is wonderful. A real sense of teamwork, actually. Which we uh, uh, yeah we we're there. Could, we could learn a thing or two.
2: Oh, I was gonna say we we're there. Oh.
1: <laughs> Different messages.
2: <laughs> Dan, what do you think of it?
1: Yeah, really love this one. I think all I wanna do when I think about this that's not the start of a sentence, that's me referencing the song. When I think about this album, all I want to do is the first thing that comes into my head because it was such a prominent pop song. And when I listened to this, getting ready for the episode, I almost forgot how much I like this song. It's so dark and moody, but so many wonderful electronics in it as well.
2: Oh, and I love the, the twinkle, the twinkles, and the and the and the sound sprinkled through this as well that makes it a- almost a little bit otherworldly
1: at times. And shockingly, it only got to number 15 in the charts. I'm really not happy about that, Will. I'm sorry, I'm excuse my French, I'm really peed off about that. <gasps> and that is even with the Stellar C D1,
2: C D2 lineup of Xenomania two versions, a long and a short one, and a Trouser Enthusiast Golden Delicious Mix and a Trouser Enthusiast Liquid Silk dub.
1: Dub. Now I think. I did ha- I did do a bit of research on why on what liquid silk is. Oh no, I've got like oh god, uh, <laughs> never mind. I wanted to know why did this only get to number 15. So I had a look into it, I had a chat with Carl, the new editor of the official charts company. Mm. Not that new now, doing a great job. There were 10 new entries in the top 20 alone that week in the charts. So what a hectic week that was.
2: Bloody hell.
1: And I'm not even going to list them all because we haven't got time. But Just highlight a few uh, ones that might pique our interest. So, some other ones uh, Puff Daddy, p- he peaked at number 20 with Being Around the World, Charlatans in at 16. And then in the top 10, you had Entrance featuring Roger Stewart, Do You Think I'm Sexy? 911 with Party People, Friday Night at number 5. And that was actually the highest new entry, which was obviously quite strange for the time. But the top three was. Elton John with "Candle in the Wind, 97. Uh, number two was Spice Girls, who spiced up your life. And number one was Aqua with Barbie Girl, who knocked, who had p- number two the previous week and then knocked off the Spice Girls. And whatever you think about those three
2: songs at the time, three culturally, three huge pop songs. Yeah, absolutely. For All for different reasons. Uh, the video for this uh, was something that was referenced a lot when we were, doing the tweet along about how people love the moody style and art direction in the black and white video
1: uh and did really suit the song yeah filmed on this is getting a bit technical now it's not Todd oh, Stobbs, but blimey. filmed on at 16 mil to give it that really premium arts artsy fartsy yeah and it's gonna say a bit of a, a texture if you like. I think artsy-fartsy is a bit more yeah. our sort of lingo. Listener, take your pick. Which one do you want? Artsy-fartsy or textured? And talking of sexy Danny, Will, sexy Danny, not sexy daddy, single artwork. Single artwork. She looks stunning.
2: Yes, he's very really busting out of that lingering, isn't she?
1: Okay, should we move on?
2: Yeah, track seven now. If it moves, dub it.
1: moves, dub it. And again, I'm flabbergasted. Well, why? Just so unexpected. It's just so trancey. It's so. It's such a long track. Again, it's six and a half minutes, uh, similar lengths to Everybody Changes Underwater. You know, you hear the singles from this album. You hear All I Want to Do. You hear Everything I Wanted. You probably think you're going in for a big pop album. And the first half of it is that. But this is so out there
2: i definitely appreciate this track more now than i did when this album was first released and i was really into into danny and the singles because i used to look at a dub and think oh it's just the same but without as much singing in it but actually yeah. i just get so sucked into the production and obviously some very xenomania esque sounds and styles in it but also I think because Danny's so sparing in it, you, you you can appreciate all the other sounds that are going on in it. And a very audacious move in the middle of a pop album to throw this six and a half minute dub track in.
1: I do wonder what the record label thought at the time, because it was a new label, Warner signed her for this album. And when this was presented back to them, I wonder if they thought, well, no, we want Danny Mano pop songs. We want Danny singing throughout the majority of the song or they could have absolutely loved it
2: well it's on the it's on the it was on the final uh release
1: on the cd so uh or tape and what's really interesting as well about it like you said this is xenomania with danny on the co-write should have said before by the way that danny did co-write everything i wanted as well just to add that in um what's interesting is that everybody changes underwater that was ian masterson and team so Two very experimental different tracks, but Danny's the only person that was on both, so she was leading the experimentation, it feels like, not the writers. Mm. I'm ready for another single. Bloody hell, well, it's not a jukebox, but I have got another single for you actually. Great. Track eight. <laughs> it's
0: remembering. <laughs>
2: Remembrance there, and I think we agreed at the time, and I, I'm still pretty strong on it. Danny's greatest song—it's
1: just phenomenal, and it is—I have to say—a little bit frustrating as a fan that her greatest song. I'm not sure if I have agreed that actually will be. It's one of her <laughs> great, one of her greatest songs, definitely, no doubt about that. Is one, you know, one of her more unknown singles.
2: Well yeah and also it's I lo- I love the fact that this is tucked ba- back on the back end of the album it's track 8 because yes. uh, you kind of have to build up to it and work towards it but you're right it wasn't um it wasn't a huge hit uh, it got to number 21 which is just criminal and I'm sure you'll tell me in a minute what was ahead of the game but this is I mean it's just it's a huge song it's epic it's heartbreaking It's also an absolute banger. It's also extremely well produced. And it's Ian Masterson.
1: It's Ian Masterson. And I love that. The three singles. You had a Metro single. Sorry, you had a Zenomania single to kick things off. You had a Metro single. Then you had an Ian single. Fair. Fair, fair. And you've got a Zenomania remix of this as well.
2: Uh, And you've also got and uh, uh, this uh, Steve Anderson is a big fan of it it's the uh enthusiast brittle star requiem mix which is like, over 12 minutes uh, and that's a real and that's an absolute piece of work no But also, Dan, you've got the orchestral version as well. Yes, stunner. Which is absolutely stunning. So you really can take your pick. And it's fair to say, when we did the tweet-along, this got the most love from fans and
1: everyone that was involved at the time. Lots of talk, I think, as well, about how difficult this one was for Ian to put together. Certainly the orchestral elements with the dance beats, very trancy dance beats. But, of course, the end result was something magical. So as you said, Will, this got to number 21. And sorry, excuse my French again, but I'm really, really effing peed about this one. This should have been a huge hit. But anyway, 21, we've talked about this chart before, Will, because a new entry at number three was Let Me Entertain You by Robert Williams. We went track by track through the album earlier this year. Number one at the time was It's Like That, Run DMC versus Jason Levins, which was having its second of... Five, I think, weeks at number one. But interestingly, near Danny in the charts, a couple of other acts who you might have thought their hits were going to be bigger. Uh, number 24, a new entry for Aaron Carter with I'm going to Miss You Forever. And at 19, a new entry for Hanson with Weird. So the American teens, who were supposedly going to be the next big thing, not doing as well as they might have thought. Oh, Dan. Just facts. I actually loved that first uh, Hanson album.
2: Well, they're still going. I, I, I think I saw they're doing another tour in the UK at some point
1: this year. Yeah, playing Roundhouse, I think. Yeah, a good venue. Yeah, great venue. Still, still got a strong core fan base. Uh,
2: and also, they're very, uh, very virile men. They've had a lot of children between them. Yeah, a couple of uh, a couple of really interesting facts on Disremembrance. So, first of all. It's, this was the first song that Ian Matheson ever wrote.
1: Really? That is interesting. And it's Danny's favourite song to perform live as well. I love that. Again, I just want to hear Danny playing this one live. I want to hear Danny doing a whole live set.
2: Uh, Ian also said it was an impossible song to mix. And that's what happens when you have 56-piece orchestra and 30 tracks of synth beats and backing vocals. You see, that's a sort of detail that I loved about those tweet-alongs that we would get yeah it's just these reminiscences and just from the experts and the people that were in the room at the time kind of how yeah some a lot of these songs come to be and hopefully you know now ian is fully aware of how loved that song is it was all worth it
1: yeah i think so definitely also just love the title "This Remembrance." yeah great Mm. title interestingly though will i might be wrong forgive me listeners let me know shoot me down I don't think there was a video for this for this single which maybe points to us as to why it wasn't such a big hit because it wouldn't be no, over the music channels
2: well unless someone can correct you and um, which I'm always happy to hear mm. so let us know <laughs>
1: okay track nine then it's amazing
0: <laughs>
2: Amazing, there. What a great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork! It's the closest thing we're going to get to a ballad, and uh, actually, Zenomania ballads are nowhere
1: near as bad as other ballads. Quite a broad criticism, but no, no, no. I want to hear you talking about the album artwork.
2: Uh, uh fantastic. So, you've got Danny, just Danny across the top. Girl underneath, uh, and Danny's lying. It looks like she's got out of a hot bath and she's had to lie down on the bath mat to cool down uh, quite quickly. Uh, She's got a towel, clutching a towel. Uh, Her blonde hair uh, is wet, uh, and she looks absolutely flawless.
1: Yeah, it's we overuse this word sometimes. It is (laughs) iconic. I can't even say it, I can't can't say the word. It's iconic.
2: Uh, Interestingly, the reissued deluxe version uh, it says Danny Mino on it. Mm. Same, same stunning image, and actually, Danny in all of the single artwork as well. Danny looks absolutely gorgeous. Uh, She's more of a sex kitten on the "All I Want to Do" cover. Uh, She's a little bit uh, racy on Mm. "Everything I Wanted," and "Disrememberance." She's very sultry, very moody, and very well lit. She's
1: lit. And actually, I think this song is sultry, moody, and is lit. I love this one. Because I think it it teased me. When it first started, I thought, okay, penultimate track. Here's the ballad that had to be there. But actually, once it gets going, and, and it's Danny's vocal for me on this one that really makes it shine. It's not my favorite song on the album, but I think it's a great track.
2: And it's quite nice. It's nice to have this slower moment at track nine, because track ten... It's going to bring it back up again.
1: Should we do it? He's moving up.
2: Uh, I love this positive, life-affirming uh, belter as the last track proper on the album, uh, and this was originally, called, uh, originally recorded by an act called Dream, Australian act called, called Dreamworld, uh, who also originally recorded uh, "Every Time I Fall" by Gina G.
1: Really? Mm. Oh, top
0: connections. Yes. I move it up and I need-
2: a lot of fun isn't
1: it? It is a lot of fun and I definitely don't dislike the track but it might be my least favourite track on the album I think and I think it just does stand apart from the rest of the incredible stuff from Xenomania, from Ian Masterson, from Metro and I think I would have liked it to have ended similar to how it started.
2: And if you had the cassette version of this and you really wanted just to get to Coconut, the hidden track at the end of this, you'd be frustrated because you would have to sit through this
1: first. Hmm.
2: Do we talk about Coconut?
1: Yeah, let's talk about Coconut because we don't generally do hidden tracks, do we?
2: No, we will mention it, and you can hear a little bit of it playing underneath whilst we're talking about it as well. But interesting story
1: about Coconut... As shared by Danny on the tweet-along.
2: ...was that the uh, this is when the record company did intervene... Uh, because they, it, it was going to be on the album. They didn't want it
1: on the album. Compromise was to have it as a
2: hidden track, but it did get a release in Australia.
1: Yeah, the fourth single from the album, there wasn't it, where it peaked at number sixty-two. So wasn't a huge hit. It's, it's you know you can't quite understand the decision of that when there's some great um, original songs on there that could have been singles like Heaven Can Wait, but it's not a bad cover. Is it? If I. This is the one time on the album when I think we can say, what a fun song.
2: Yeah, really fun song. Uh, it was a cover.
1: Written by and originally recorded by Nilsson, uh, Harry Nilsson, who is probably most known for writing Without You that Mariah Carey covered.
2: Uh, and Danny recorded this uh, to distract herself from having been bitten by a spider, uh, having come ba- oh, back from hospital after 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 the bite. Uh, just to take the pain away and to, be, and to distract herself.
1: And she was, was meant to be. She was meant to be writing a new track, wasn't she? Yeah. But this, part of the reason, because of the time lost going to hospital, uh, did this one.
2: I've, what I've I loved about this is these are like stories that have come straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak. This isn't stuff research that we've done with the episode. This is what the this is what Danny and Steve and everyone else has told
1: us. And another new name on this one. So this was produced by. Ian Masterson, but also Neil Davidge, who I don't know if we've spoken about him before. Uh, he is part of the Massive Attack team, and he is part of the DNA music production team who are best known for releasing a remix of Tom's Diner by Susan uh, Susan Vega.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Suzanne laughs> <laughs> Everyone's been doing that one, haven't they? Yeah.
1: Um, Britney? Britney on the George Murder album.
2: And also Sophie Tucker also did something
1: with it. So album uh, oh, no. performance yes yes that's Before exactly what i was going to say
2: i know you want to get to further listening cuz there's some great stuff to choose from today too much album performance got to number 57 in the uk i mean it was really about the singles uh and the tv stuff and the remixes less so the album 57 69 in australian
1: it's a good number at least
2: uh, but very positively received and reviewed at the time and probably goes down alongside Neon Knights as Danny's one of Danny's best.
1: Yeah, for sure. From, by the fans. By the fans. And I did forget to say, actually, all I want to do is Danny's best-selling single. So... Time for some further listening. Further listening. And Will... Yes. I mean, we've got so much to choose from, but if you can, I'd love for you to go first. So here is the 7-inch original version of Someone
0: New. someone you
2: So that was the seven inch original version of someone new uh there is a flex fingers radio edit which became the version that was featured on the deluxe version of the album and it was also uh on the release of coconut in australia as well and you can um if you listen to the two songs side by side you can see the original version the lyrics are completely different apart from the chorus and it's a little bit more kind of euro poppy Whereas Someone New, uh, what Ian has done is given it a really good reworking. So it's more in keeping with the direction of Girl and some of the other tracks on there. The ultimate version of this, there is a nine minute Flex Fingers version, which is uh, really lovely.
1: just love how many different versions there are of so many songs, mm. not just the singles. And I'm actually torn, will, because you did also play me the original version. Of this, the one that appeared on the album, I think. Was that that, that wasn't or? the
2: original version. That was the uh, Flex Fingers version. The original version was Unreleased.
1: Ah. Which is the further listening track you heard. It's, it's all getting all com- So many tracks, it's getting confusing. But I was going to say, I actually don't know which version I prefer. You're very confused, aren't you? I'm very confused. Today. I don't know which, which version I've just heard. <laughs> <laughs> what album were we
0: doing? Uh, oh. It's
1: all got a bit much. It's a heat. Is the heat, Dan? What have you gone for? So I have gone for the Zenomania 12-inch mix of "Keep Up with the Good Times." good times there. the xenomania 12 inch mix xenomania wrote and produced the original version of this as well which appeared on the deluxe edition of girl and i just think this is another incredible track and actually i would have had this in place of moving up myself love how trancey it is love on particularly on the 12 inch version how uh, housey it is as well what do you think of this one, Will?
2: Oh, it's this, there's such a real high energy drive behind this one. The, and again, it was very similar of the Xenomania sound at this point because it's evolved over the years mm. and it's even now changing underwater. Uh, not underwater. Yeah, it's really great. This is a great one in the gym. I use this one a lot. We're, We're out, out of time. time.
1: So that finally was Danny Girl, which has been on the long list for so long. 25 years of this album coming up. Do let us know what you think to the album and the episode at Trap by UK. And do revisit the tweets
2: from our tweet along uh, for over two years ago. Hashtag TBT girl on Twitter.
1: And if you don't already, then please do consider joining us and supporting the podcast on Patreon, where this month, if you are listening at time of release, there are some real treats there for you. We've got the Girls Allowed Tangled Up episode coming up. We've just released the first Disco Pet Shop Boys episode, of which there are going to be four over the next four months. There's also some further listening from AHA and New Orders Substance coming up soon. And there are 30-plus exclusive episodes on there and lots, lots more. So, thank you for
2: listening. We'll see you again soon. Until then... I've been so in love with myself. And I've been getting changed underwater. Oh. (laughs) Quite (laughs) complicated. Bye.
1: I think I've told you before, but I don't know if I've told all the listeners. Oh, your audition. Yeah, which <laughs> went horribly didn't wrong. Didn't go very well at all, no. Very cold in that studio, I have to say. <laughs> I don't know if they do it on purpose or... The aircon was stuck, I don't know, it's freezing in there.